Welcome to the Improv in Practice podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Wilson, bringing you interviews, inspiration, and information on improvised theater with Synergy Theater. You can find Synergy Theater's classes, workshops, performances, and more at synergytheater.com. That's S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y theater.com. Okay, lights down, curtain up. Oh, Nikki Vilas, thank you so much for being here and taking the time. Valerie and I really appreciate it, don't we, Valerie? Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Nikki. Thank you. And we have had such a great time talking to Griffin, and we talked to Arastu, and we talked to Valerie, and we had such a great time. And now we're super excited <laughs> about the show. Good. Okay, so Nikki, what's your level of excitement right now? <laughs> I am very excited about it because it has been the most fun rehearsal as we've workshopped it and collaborated and tried things that worked or don't work. And I've watched probably 15 Hitchcock movies now just to get in the groove of it. It's really fun. What was something that surprised you in rehearsal? What surprised me was the level of collaboration that the cast had with Ken. Not that we don't have input when we're rehearsing, but in this case, because it's a brand new show and we hadn't done this one ever, it was really fun to just put our heads together and think through the various ways that this is going to play out because Hitchcock has a lot of different ways that he approaches his stories. And in so doing, Ken determined what was going to be the best format for this show. And it's been really fun, particularly when you watch the movies and see the format play out in the number that we've watched. What do you find fun about it? Oh, we get to play dress up. We get to play characters that we don't often play. So if we're doing a Shakespeare show, then we're struggling to learn the language. And Shakespeare's hard for me. That one is, I'm, I'm not as comfortable with the words in my mouth with Shakespeare. So it's a learning curve that is harder for me. However, with Hitchcock, we get to play with accents and the women are strong. And when we get to the stage, we get to wear the dresses that we picked out. That's, that's fun. It really, you get to embrace the character when you're putting on the costume of that character. Now, I've really been dying to ask you this next question. You're an artist and I can imagine what you're going to bring to the show, maybe in a costume, but also Arastu spoke to us a little bit about the set and that the set for the show is more elaborate than in previous shows. Can you speak to both of those things? The costumes in this show, I didn't have, I don't sew costumes, but I am able to find them. So when we know what we're looking for, I can pretty much zoom in using Etsy and eBay. And the other women love doing that too. So we found wonderful dresses that look good, that make us feel good. There's a lot of costumers and a lot of people who do cosplay shows and dress up. And so there is lots and lots of good resource out there. 
my input with the costumes is really just to focus on, do we have the right period? Is it 1960s appropriate? Does it speak to what we want to present on stage? And will the audience get that sense that, oh, yes, this is a Hitchcock movie from the 1960s? I imagine that you're using pictures from certain Hitchcock films. If so, which are they? Lynn looked at the dress or the suit that Tippi Hedren wore in The Birds. It sounds something very similar to that. I found a dress that's very Audrey Hepburn. It's sleek and it's black and has that kind of nice flair. It's really fun. It has some polka dots in it. And when you put on pearls and whatever wigs we decide that we are going to wear, we can replicate as best we can the women of that time. You don't see pants, for example, on the women. They're running around in high heels. don't know how you can do that, but they're running around in high heels. Occasionally you have a hat that they had on. So it, we're just having fun. We have a lot of different costume changes that we may be able to access while we're on stage, depending on if we change characters or not within the show. And that's a possibility depending on what role we end up doing on any given day of the show. What can you tell us about the set? The set is a compilation of pieces that we had from our Spontaneous Farce show, from film noir, also period pieces, so that it looks like a time and place from the 1960s. We have a phone from that time, a rotary phone. So little pieces on tables and a couch and a bar, a screen in the background. It's going to be fun. Wow. I can't wait. And you said before that you had watched like 15 Hitchcock movies. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you have a favorite? That's a good question. Because I watched so many, I had a lot that I really enjoyed. And I don't know that I had a favorite other than the classics, which were Psycho and The Birds that I had seen when I was younger. And it turns out that there was a fun one with Doris Day where she sings Que Sera Sera, which is a classic song for her. And that movie was really fun. I think that one was The Man Who Knew Too Much. But what I've really enjoyed about watching these movies is how strong the women were. That he definitely has a type, like he likes blondes. Hitchcock favored blondes. So I started noticing in the movies just how often a blonde would show up. And they do show up <laughs> in almost every single one. But yet the women are strong women. They play a very large part in the movies and they're smart. This one with Doris Day I really liked. I agree. Their characters are important to the overall feel and flow of the movie. I could not imagine the movie without them. The women play to a certain type. I think he liked women that were smart. Oftentimes they were in supporting roles. And yet, like in the case of Doris Day, she rose above that, as did Marnie, the character Marnie and the Birds, and became the primary lead in those, those movies. So it's interesting to watch the way that the women in those movies present themselves and how he features them as characters. You can tell that there was a real affinity for the roles that they were playing. And what I mean by that is 
they were very much in the spotlight in every scene that they were in. Now, do you remember how old you were or do you remember the first Hitchcock film that you saw and did it leave an impression? It did. I, I remember it was Psycho. And I was pretty young when I saw it. Psycho was terrifying to me as a kid. Terrifying. <laughs> it was I, iconic. It was so scary. I remember watching it. I was probably a very young teenager, 12, 13, when I saw that one. And then the next one I saw at this, roughly around the same time was probably The Birds. So those two stand out to me as the classic Hitchcock movies because they were the ones that left the biggest impression on me. The other ones that I started to watch now to do the research for the for the shows, I didn't know about them. I didn't know that he was that prolific. So Psycho and the Birds, Psycho being the first one to answer your question, it was scary. What impression do you hope to leave with the audience? Always we hope that they've had a great time and that whatever we do in there in the each show is different, of course, but that they recognize the Hitchcock overtones, that they know enough, I hope, about Hitchcock to say, oh, right, that's that's classic Hitchcock, because we really are working hard to represent Hitchcock in our shows for this one. So I'm hoping that they'll come away and, and really recognize that we, we hit the mark. And those people who don't know Hitchcock that see the show, just enjoy it for what it is. Yes. There are aspects of Hitchcock film, which you guys are uh, treating as targets and you're hitting each one. Griffin spoke about taking the time to pause in scenes mm -hmm. and using the pause to build suspense. And yes. then Arastu, he actually did share a clip of original music that he composed for the show. What are some other targets that you are aiming at? Trying to replicate the accent of the times, and that's the mid-Atlantic accent. Back at that time, actors and actresses, American actors and actresses, were perfecting an accent that was hard to delineate. It sounds very British, uh, but it's not. And so listening to how they speak, we're trying, or at least I am, I know Valerie's got it nailed down, Valerie Regalia. She's really good at accents. But we are playing around with the accent of the times, and it's not a requirement, but it is certainly something that we have fun with. We're also making sure that as we rehearse that we're slowing down, using those dramatic pauses to emphasize the moment and build suspense and nail the Hitchcockian flavor of that genre. It is a challenge to slow down when you're in a scene. Also, accents are super fun to attempt, but very challenging to do well. What is something else that you found challenging in these rehearsals? Sometimes we'll make too many offers in a scene and we have to back it up and stay on task with the offer that was just made. Making sure you're not offering too much, just keeping the story simple, keeping it moving forward, making sure that the story is making sense. And so the rehearsals are the time where you're supposed to make mistakes and fix them. Right. You have to fail and work hard at it and not be afraid to make those mistakes so that 
when you're finally ready to hit that stage, you've practiced enough to do the right thing when you hit the stage and tell a good story and work with your castmates and your scene partner and build on each other's offers. So everything that we know about improv, make each other look good, build on each other's offers, raise the stakes, all of that comes into play. And so the challenge really is to remember all of that, put that in muscle memory as we're struggling with a new format. What are you most excited about about the show? Oh, it's just fun. Hitchcock is fun. I'm excited about just where the audience is going to take us. And there's some fun little surprises in it. Like who's going to get killed? (laughs) We just don't know. So there's a lot that I'll hold back just because some of those surprises we want to carry them out on that stage. And I know you'll be there. Yes, definitely. Uh, Yes. Both Valerie and I will be there and we can't wait to enjoy what you have in store for us. Valerie, did you have any questions for Nikki? Just that I'm really fascinated about the death. (laughs) I believe there's some kind of the audience will participate and who gets to be the victim. It's a really fun format and the audience gets to participate Within the show itself, not just once, but maybe a few times, depending on on where it goes. But we do have some little surprises within it, and we don't know who's going to get killed off. But, you know, it's Hitchcock, so somebody's got to go. And Ken is just having a grand time playing the host of the show, and he's wonderful. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it, and the audience is going to have a lot of fun with it, for sure. I'm sure we will. And October is so perfect for the timing. And so going back a bit, I'm curious, how did this decision come about? How did you guys decide to do Hitchcock? It was Lynn, Lynn Shields, who suggested it to Ken, I believe, some years ago, as we were sort of brainstorming about different shows that we could do. And Hitchcock was one that she put out the suggestion and Ken ran with it and thought it would be a really fun show to do. A lot of our conversation now is about what's going to draw an audience, because we do want to build our audience back up. We lost a lot of people during COVID, not you know literally, but just people were afraid to go to the theaters and the theaters weren't open. We want to bring those audiences back. And I by bringing in shows that they're familiar with or that sound fun to them, now we're building our audience back slowly but surely, probably faster now, because I, I think we have been steadily bringing our audiences back up. But that's how it came to be. I do recall it was Lynn's suggestion and Ken ran with it. Well, I would like to hear Valerie's perspective on what she has witnessed as being in the audience of Synergy shows. And Valerie, what would you say is most enticing for an audience person? So I've seen so many shows and recently I've seen every show and it's always enticing when all we have to look at is the furniture. And I take pictures of that. I I arrive early, I see your warm up. And then when you go behind stage, I I go walking on stage and I take close-ups of the chair or, you know, the table and... I kind of bring personality into the furniture because there's nothing else to look at. I feel that it that's part of the anticipation. Just seeing like, oh, well, how are they going to use that? Just like for space. And you have just four chairs and some blocks and your imagination just goes wild. Those moments that are 
both surprising for the players and for the audience, those moments are when I catch my breath. Valerie, you've, you've spoken about this before when there is a pause and then one of the players will come across with something that you just no one saw coming. It happens every time, every show and different actors do it. Nikki has done it. And I have to say, Nikki, the very first, I remember the first show I saw was Sherlock Holmes. That was 2018 when Griffin had just joined. And it was, it was such a great show. And you guys sold out a few times too. It was, it was wonderful. I remember Ben coming on stage and he's just this big looking Sherlock Holmes. Ken would be Watson and he would just, he's not the size of Ben, but his words would just kind of shock you. You all have a way of doing that. And you will just come up with this dialogue. I don't know how you do it on the spot. And it was seize the moment of the scene. I imagine that comes from a lot of rehearsing and building up trust among the group members of Synergy Theater, the performers. And Nikki, what would you say about how that is done on stage? If you're listening to your scene partner and you're listening off when you're not involved in the scene and you're paying attention to the story, Things that are said, because it is improvised dialogue, we don't rehearse scripted dialogue, but we are rehearsing our own dialogue as we tell the story. A lot of what happens is a result of what had just happened or what somebody just said to you. It's just something that happens when you're just in the moment and you're listening. And listening is tough. You can't let your mind wander when you're sitting there listening to the story. You really have to pay attention and focus. As an audience member, if you're looking at the side and you're watching us all, we're kind of sitting forward and paying attention, listening to the names that have come out of your partner's mouths. You know what your name is, or there's a lot of things that you have to pay attention to. So those gems that, that you speak of, I think, come from just paying attention. And what follows is just a response to what just happened before. Now, I remember a conversation that you and I had that you just reminded me of. You were talking about this Shakespeare show, and mm -hmm. there was a scene in which you had a small regret, and that was that you had a very funny line, and the audience thought it was wonderful, and I did too, and it cracked us up. But you had a regret that you didn't deliver the line in Shakespearean language. It just came out. Right. But- but I, I've been thinking about that conversation that you and I had, and it was just perfect the way that it happened because it was totally in the moment. It just brought it all forward. And I'm, I'm wondering if you think that moments will happen like that again in the Hitchcock show and how has Synergy brought Hitchcock forward into modern times? It's a very good question. What? I am finding with Hitchcock is that the 1960s is not that different to where we are now. I'm not speaking politically, but the way that people behaved, interesting that the women are strong. But at that time, the women were becoming stronger, weren't secretaries. Well, they were, but we're just not that far away from that. So it's stylized. And the way that we're doing this, we're trying to capture the 60s with our attire and how we speak. But I can't say that there is a lot of significant differences, maybe with what we're wearing 
Today, women are not wearing those kind of dresses. Although one of the dresses that I bought for farce, I saw on a newscaster. I'm very interested to see how this is all going to play out because Synergy intends to deliver a Hitchcock experience. Absolutely. But what I know from Ken is that Ken is always thinking about the audience and being inclusive and wrapping every member of the audience into the story, whether that person be young, old, yes. matter, matter where they come from or anything. Can you speak to how you see the synergy performances doing that? Because you all do that. Maybe it's unconscious just because of Ken's guidance, but it's something that I wish more people knew that these performances are for everyone. We are sensitive to our audience and we know when the content of a particular show that we're doing may be more adult and we are an adult theater company. So as much as we appreciate having children in the audience, if it is an adult styled show where there may be sexual references, I mean, we don't, we're not vulgar, but there may be references that we are sensitive to the fact that there may be children in the audience. And we actually tell each other if there are children in the audience, we know. And so we're more sensitive to how we might present, although we won't hold back if the show is taking us someplace that it needs to go. We have more PG stories that are in a lot of our shows that children are certainly well, like the space show, for example, kids love that one. And I think they'd enjoy Hitchcock, definitely. And, and what I also mean is if you're 20 years old or if you're 80 years old, you're going to find the show entertaining and accessible. Definitely. I think that it's just a fun genre for us to play with. And it has a lot of good suspense in it. We did our homework and it's been awfully fun to watch these Hitchcock movies. If there was a Hitchcock role, any role that you could play and improvise, which one would it be? From the movie? A any movie, yes. Vertigo, Kim Novak. Yeah. Valerie, have you seen that one? Yeah, that's a that's a great role. Yes. Yeah. My favorite scene in that film is when Kim Novak's character is coming down the hallway and the male lead is waiting for her in high anticipation. It is so powerful the way that the scene is shot with her walking forward down the hallway and this shot allows the audience to slowly see and focus and then recognize her. Right. And it's so powerful. So yes, good pick, Dickie. That would be a, a great role to improvise. I liked Doris Day's role in The Man Who Knew Too Much. I liked that one because she took a leading role in that and it has some really sensitive moments in it. It's really good. Thank you for reminding me about Doris Day because she was one of my favorite actors as well. There was one that Julie Andrews was in with Paul Newman. That was fun. Which one is that one? Horn Curtain. Oh, yeah. wow. I don't remember that one. Yeah. I mean, he's surprisingly prolific. And what was fun after a while, and you start playing games and you're watching these movies, he shows up in every single movie for the most part. 
maybe not the early, like the 1930s ones. I don't think he did, but the later movies, he has an appearance. And so it's always fun to try to find him. Yes. Yes. Oh, don't answer this question because I want to be surprised. I don't know how you guys would do it. How someone who may or may not look like Hitchcock from the side in Synergy Theater, how that person could make a cameo on the stage during another scene. I don't know how that would work. It would be amazing if it did. Wouldn't it? I know. But none of us look like him. No, (laughs) not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So Valerie and I had discussed since the show runs from October 20th to the 30th, the night before Halloween is your last performance. Um, Valerie and I, we were considering coming in costume. What do you think? Oh, fun. <laughs> very fun. I have a, my standard witch costume that I like to put on every year. What about you, Valerie? Something like that, like a wizard or witch. Of course, I'm holding a camera and everything, and I'm thinking <laughs> I can't have like a broom and such, but you something to... I could still move around in. Yeah, a, a costume maybe with more than two arms. that then you could use to hold the cameras oh man that would be amazing oh my gosh I think I I think I just invented something (laughs) I have to do that I think that would be fun Nikki I imagine that your costume closet is amazing do you dress up for Halloween I don't I think because I have so much fun dressing up on stage that don't do that for Halloween how does the costume enhance your performance It helps you take on the role, actually. When we put on our costumes and we get the makeup on and the wigs and we have an audience, it is transformative. Rehearsals are not the same as being in front of an audience. And when we got back to the stage live after COVID, our first show, we I think every cast member went out there and went, that's why we do this, that we were with people entertaining and doing our job, right? Just entertaining people. And we missed that. And the audience is so important to how we are on stage. There's nothing like a live audience to get that feedback, to play, and the back and forth that you experience. And when we put on those costumes, we're making magic. And it does change you when you put it all on. Like when I put on a wig that isn't like me, People don't even recognize me. My mother doesn't recognize me. I I remember doing one show. She says, well, I didn't see you. I'm like, mom, are you serious? (laughs) There was only nine of us. I mean, you could do by process of elimination, which one is me, but no, but it does change you. I have had that experience when I'm looking at the stage and you are all on the stage. There is a minute where I'm like, okay, I think that's, is that Nikki? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is Nikki. Oh my gosh. That is a a moment of discovery that I really enjoy. Yeah. And Lynn is a master at transformation. Eileen, master at transformation. They just have so much fun with the costumes and the wigs. And when I put on, like my hair's white. So when I put the wig on, you don't see that white hair and people don't recognize me. Yes. And Nikki, to speak to what you were saying a moment ago, I do. I remember being back in the theater, watching one of the Synergy shows first coming back after COVID. Mm -hmm. I remember just being so 
impressed with how maybe intimate is, is not the right word, but how connecting it was to be in the audience and to see this art unfold and see you all working so hard, but also having so much fun. And I just was so grateful to be there and to be part of that interaction. And it's something that I will not take for granted again. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I remember seeing you in the audience and certainly Valerie too, and going back after such a long hiatus and a time when it was a changing time for all of us. And when we went back live and we saw our people out there because you were there and other people who support us, our friends, students that we play with, it meant something. We were just happy to all be back together and having an opportunity to start laughing again and see each other for real. Yeah. <laughs> it was a moment. We, I don't think any one of us will ever take that for granted. I'll never forget that. I know over the past year, two years, I know I've learned so much. What have you learned going through this whole time with Synergy Theater? You were performing live and then everything shut down and then you did an incredible pivot and started performing online in wonderful shows that I thoroughly enjoyed. And it was incredible escapism for the time to watch you all performing online and then coming back to the theater. So what's the first thing that comes to mind when I ask over the course of all of that, what have you learned? Going back to what you had said, I, I don't take it for granted. What I experienced with staying connected the way that we were able to do when we did get shut down, that we had Zoom to stay connected and that Ken created a safe place for us to continue to play, that when we all got together again, I was surprised that I hadn't seen you, Sarah, in person. You know, we were in classes together on Zoom week after week. I think it was on Sundays. We were able to do things together. And it felt like as much as it was difficult for us emotionally to experience what we did going through all of that, we still found a way to laugh, to share and keep moving forward and be creative. I would say that you're closer now and there's more connectedness between the players, the Synergy Theater players now than there was before everything shut down. And I agree. We were doing shows every week. So those of us who were doing them, we were doing, I think I was in maybe I was running four shows or five even. So we had rehearsals, we were doing shows, we were all collaborating and we definitely got closer and closer. Ken gave us the opportunity to direct, to create shows if we wanted to, and we had the format to do it. There was a lot that we learned and discovered about that that did carry over to how we are now. I don't discount that time. It was productive. It was fun. It was stimulating in many ways. And I did get extremely lazy because it's one thing to go into my garage and do a show and it is to get in my car. (laughs) (laughs) Valerie, I know that you have input on this because you have watched many shows and you were there before, during, and after. What input do you have on this? I also saw pretty much every online show too. I truly value just that people don't realize what you guys actually 
can do. I mean, it's magic. It's pure magic to me. I still do watch other improvisers on YouTube. There, there are many other groups online and I try to check them out. But you've, Synergy has spoiled me. Wow. You guys are just so good. <laughs> you make it so easy looking and I know it, it can't be. And if you guys fumble and you, you rarely do, there's like an extra second in between conversations. It's extremely rare. I do notice those because most 99% of the time you don't have that. You guys right. just carry a story with any suggestion we give you and you go with it online, in person, rehearsal, dress rehearsal, everything I've seen. I've just truly, truly, I'm so fortunate that Griffin joined Synergy. So happy to have met you, Nikki, also. Thank you. It's mutual, honestly, both of you. And having Griffin has been wonderful. I think I marry him several times in a show just to <laughs> shout out to you to say, hey, I know you're out there. I'm going to marry your son. So, Nikki, if we could see you, your future self, and it's October 30th, and it's the final night, and it's just before the final show curtain rises, what do you hope that at that time you will have experienced over the duration of the Hitchcock show? That we succeeded in telling good stories and that our audience enjoyed them and that they got what they paid for coming into it and that we entertained. And you want them all to be good. And because they're improvised, they're, we always look back and think, okay, which one, what do we need to work on? What, what do we have to do to keep moving it forward? And so I hope that on the last show night that we did that and that that last show will be the best and that each time we do it, the audience is having fun with us. Valerie, same question to you. What do you hope to have experienced over this eight shows, right, Nikki? Eight, right. Show, eight show run of Hitchcock improvised. I do love October for many reasons, but it's just so delicious to think that they're going to do Hitchcock in October, right before Halloween. I actually think about shows a lot. Not only do I record it and then I upload it and I don't really edit, but I, I still have to look at hundreds of pictures and I keep those memories with me. And I relive scenes and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to having like really good memories where like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Nikki did that again, or she ripped her dress or the shock moments. They live with me because I keep them. I have the videos, I have the photos, I edit them. Probably like you, Sarah, when you have to re-listen to our uh, interviews. That's wonderful, Valerie, to hear that you're the keeper of the archives <laughs> Nikki, is there anything that you want to make sure that we cover or we talk about? All I can say is come to as many shows as you can because <laughs> we're all different and they're fun. And it's truly just fun to see people out in the audience who are having a good time and supportive. I am holding back a little bit talking about some of what we're doing in the show just because I would like to keep it a surprise. And it is anyway, because it's improvised, but beyond that, just enjoy it. And I hope that we have audiences that are growing and that they're having fun. And the more that we do this and we're in front of a live audience, there is nothing better. It's just magic. Mm -hmm. Truly. Nikki, Valerie, thank you so much for this conversation. And I cannot wait to see you in the theater. 
so soon. It's coming right around the corner. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Mickey. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. And that's our show. If you think improv sounds like fun, it is. If you think you'd like to try improv, it's easy. Just go to SynergyTheater.com and click on School of Improv. Synergy Theater offers beginner, advanced, and master classes. Synergy Theater is also on Facebook. Please rate, review, and follow this podcast. Your support makes a difference. Synergy Theater is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit that depends on the participation of current and future star supporters and improvisers like you. Thank you.